Hello! Welcome back to uh, the It's Not That Deep podcast. I'm Ruby. I'm Peaches. And today we're talking about the seventh episode in broadcast order of Life with Derek, the Pox Father. Uh, we've now gone from one of my least favorite episodes of uh, the season to one of my favorites. Um, and a big part of that is because there's lots of emotional bonding. Uh, one of my favorite types of bondage. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Two seconds in, you already bring up the bondage. <laughs> um, so, this episode, we have uh, Derek coming down with chickenpox. Uh, Casey gets the feeling that there's something weird going on at school uh, between like Derek and something about money. Uh, she thinks that, he, that he's dealing drugs, but in actuality, he is like selling like old clothes and like pens that are like you know based off of his popularity like they're under like the brand of his image various things yeah um meanwhile uh casey really wants a new locker because her locker is right next to like a boy's bathroom and she thinks it's gross and she also really wants a cell phone because the house line is always busy uh, so Derek ropes her into basically, like, pushing product for him for, like, a week in exchange for uh, cut of the profits in order to get herself a cell phone. And also he will pull strings to get her a new locker, which, all in all, a pretty sweet deal for, you know, like... Yeah, like, for Derek especially. That's a... That's almost considerate. <laughs> yeah, like, that's fairly generous. Yeah. Uh, especially for only, like, a few days of, you know, employment. That's a, a, a pretty nice uh, payoff, really. Yeah. Uh, did you want to start off with anything? I'd like to start off with my note. Ah, chicken pox. How differently we see it now. Um, <laughs> in our modern era of vaccinations, um, mm-hmm. and been we've been trying to eradicate childhood illnesses like that. <laughs> um, uh... I, I will say I got all of my vaccinations um, as a child, and now I have double autism. <laughs> You have super autism. Yeah, I just stacked up on top of each other with each vaccination. Um, you're like the guy from TikTok who um like made the video where he's <laughs> like, um, this is what happens when you get a shot of like every kind of like COVID vaccine. You become super strong. I forget. I forget his name. I forget his name too. If we can find him. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of like Caleb City in terms of like the style of like editing and like how it's filmed and how it's kind of like Twilight Zone ish. It's yeah. not Caleb it's very, City. Well, it's very. It's very anime fight scene. Yes. And it's very good, and if I find it again, I'm gonna, like, put, like, a link to it or the name of his TikTok, like, in the description box of so, our YouTube video. So, yeah, that's what happened to me, except, um, <laughs> instead of that, I just listened to the same song on repeat for several days. See, I don't know if my ADHD came before or after that. <laughs> it's it's truly hard to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if we're gonna talk about vaccines, do we want to talk about, like, you know, current political climate stuff? Get the COVID vaccine, please. Get a vaccine. Get a vaccine. Please. It's good for you. It's good for everyone around you. Also, if you're able to, please keep wearing your mask. Yes, even if you get the vaccine. Yes, because yes. there are definitely people who cannot get it for health reasons, for age reasons. Or for country-related reasons. For country-related reasons, and it will be a lot easier on them if you're just wearing a mask instead of having to play the game of okay, are you vaccinated and just not wearing it? Or are you an anti-masker who is potentially going to infect me and potentially kill me? Yes. So, like, it's... I This is... This episode, well, this bit that we're talking about right now is probably going to be extremely unrelevant in, like, a few years from now. <laughs> or even, like, a year from now. But it's really weird to be in this moment of, like, yes, people are starting to get vaccinated and it's starting to ramp up and, like, 
there's this like really strong feeling of people being like oh and things are going to be back to normal and it's like no no that's not (laughs) how this is working at all i understand but that's not reality (laughs) yeah like i want to go out and do things and go to like book festivals and signings as much as the next person but or even just have like a day-to-day that i'm more familiar with just walk into a bookstore and just like have just walk around or whatever breathe on all the pages yeah just literally just just open your germs on them oh my god when you're in a bookstore (laughs) and like okay no 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 but like you're in a bookstore and you take like a hardcover book off the shelf and you're the first person ever to open it and you like Yes, the little, like, crick of, like, the crinkle of, like, the hardcover being, like, bent for the first time. Or the pages just, like, being separated. Oh my god, yes. Euphoric. See, I I say that I'm I'm asexual. It's 2021, to be clear. We have, neither of us have been in many bookshops for over a year. Well, I was gonna say, like, I know that I say I'm asexual, but, like, if there's any... If there's any kind of sexual kink for me, it's it's that. Yeah, that. <laughs> it, it's going to a bookstore and opening a new hardcover book and just like listening to the pages rustle for the first time. Also, before we leave the topic, is that is that like fetishy for like virgin books? I don't know. <laughs> there's probably some weird psychiatric analysis of it you can look into. Okay, Freud. <laughs> How dare you? Um. um. But yeah, I also wanted to point, while we're talking about vaccinations, that Mm -hmm. the attitude in this episode of um, George finding out his son has had chicken pox and immediately quarantining himself, (laughs) making sure they don't stay in the same room, don't breathe the same air, make sure not to spread sickness or do anything. I want that so bad. And you know what? We can't have it anymore. And you know what? That's happening in Canada where they already have universal health care. God, I wish that were me. Ugh, Canada, you want to adopt us? I'll live in Alberta. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. No, you won't. Alberta? You know what? Mark Muir and Sarah Zed, both in Alberta. I'll take that. At least two people you like. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. So, you know. As opposed to California. I talk I talk about how much I'm, Californ- okay, I'm from yeah, California I all the time. Yeah. The most stereotypic... The most, like, stereotypically Californian thing I do is talk all the time about how I'm from California. <laughs> and if I'm really trying, I can go for, like, the the Valley Girl voice. I just kind of have to, like, think about it a little bit. Really lean into it. Yeah, and, like, people say that it's, like, pretty accurate, which is kind of funny because, like, I've never actually, like, been to the Valley. This is, like, in totally just, you know, based off of, of like, assumptions and stuff. I mean, I've never been to the Valley either, but spot on. <laughs> And you you're, want it? you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no context for but like an accurate impression. Like the TV but thing I've heard. Uh-huh. Um, that that's absolutely just based off of clueless for sure. <laughs> I too would like to be share. Either share. It's, uh, it's not two thousands, but we should do an episode on clueless. You know what? I think it's close enough. It's that, close like, enough. It's the same yeah. general mood. Especially if we're talking about life with Derek and like Daisy specifically, like yeah, it's we have to get into the uncomfortable step sibling stuff outside of the show. Well, talking about step sibling <laughs> things, um, just gonna say, Casey's real cute in this episode. Like I know people like to make fun of her 2000s fashion, but like you know, can you you know watching this show, it's very easy to just look at you know Casey and be like, you know what? Can you truly blame Derek for being into a stepsister? <laughs> I do not, for one. Fair. Um, I will say you judge Casey for her 2000s fashion. I, I don't. I only compare, I only blame, like, 
The only thing she I dislike is the uh, polo thing in the cutscenes. Everything else, I'm like, oh, okay, that's you know, a good outfit. I unironically would rock those polos. If someone, like, gave them to me, I would wear them. Yeah, but you can look good in bright colors. <laughs> How, like, you're just stomping all over my emo-iness. How dare you? <laughs> no, you're a you're a You're, a you're scene, invalidating you're a my high school kid. self. You're a colorful emo. Do I qualify as an e-girl nowadays? I think it depends. <laughs> this is getting off track. I, I don't even know the semantics of e-girl anymore. <laughs> you know, the um the very deep psychological and sociopolitical ramifications <laughs> the, of being an e-girl. Yes. I will say, too, uh, Derek would be an e-boy, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta say it. Sells mixtapes. Yeah, I forget if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but, like, um... Derek not, like, being, like, a huge, like, skater kid, weird to me. Because it, it feels like it, like, totally fits his vibe. Actually, um, someone in the Discord, I totally forget who, I'm sorry, um, someone uh, did post a screenshot of him, like, carrying a skateboard, like, down the hallway at one point. So, like, it's there, technically, but, like, I feel like it should be more a part of his, like, personality. Here's the thing. Okay? I think Derek skates, but he's not a skater kid. And like, that's he sucks at it? <laughs> Or he just doesn't, like, do it as a hobby. He just, like... Oh, it's, like, purely for transportation? Yeah, or, like, going out with his friends or something. Because... In wait, Cal- wait, 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 wait. Sorry, can I interrupt for just a second? Yeah. Um. So you remember that um vine of the guy? He's, like, trying to do a trick on the skateboard. Yes. And he can't... And the guy behind the camera is like, I thought you said you could do it. And he's yeah. like, I can! I did one this morning! That's Derek. That is Derek. Behind yes. the camera is Sam. Or Casey. <laughs> or Edwin. Or Lizzie. Or literally anyone. <laughs> literally anybody just roasting Derek is yeah. always canonically accurate to me. I will say, too, in California, we have herds of skateboarders. Mm-hmm. Not so in the Midwestern area of North America. Oh, really? You it's, mean it's all of your weird subculture. foresty murder shit? Um, you have more cults than you do skateboarders? Color me surprised. Listen. <laughs> Listen. California has some cults, too. You know... That's, like, mostly in the desert, though. Like, if you're out in the desert, you're in, like, San Bernardino and shit, yeah, there's probably gonna be some cult stuff. You know why? Because you're in the desert. <laughs> what the fuck else are you going to do with yourself? This just in on this podcast, the only two things you can do as a hobby in the Americas are a skateboard or join a cult. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do both. And then, no, 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 in the 70s, you did both. In the 70s, you did both. Mm-hmm. Then you had to choose once you realized that was a bad idea. <laughs> um... Uh, Watch out for cults, too, kids. Yeah, watch out for cults. I mean, They're like... They're coming back. Well, you know what? When I talk about cults and how, like, interesting I think they are, I mean, like, the fun, like, 70s, like, let's all... The, the 70s murder cults? No, no, no. No, no, no. I mean, like, the fun, like, let's smoke, like, weak, like, weed and just kind of, like, I don't know, dance like hippie moms and, like, live in, like, a little, like hut in the middle of the desert kind of thing. And most I, people who are into that were very, very racist. Okay, well, I take that back. I mean, like, the non-racist kind of, <laughs> The like, not-racist kind, okay. I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there were at least some non-racist ones. I'm mostly in it for, like, you know, like, the boho chic fashion. Well, and you can do that without being in a cult. It's more fun to just, like, comp their aesthetic, though. Well, what you don't want is a cult. What you want is a commune. <laughs> <laughs> um, Am I wrong? That sounds more <laughs> suspicious to me, actually. I, I guess. Because at least cult is like, okay, like, it's a cult. Like, you you're know. You're upfront about it. You're upfront about but it. But a commune sounds like it's trying to lie to you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if someone tells you that they're in a cult, it's like, oh, 
okay. <laughs> you know? Um, it reminds me of the guy who came into my work, like, uh, at some point, like, a few weeks ago or something, and, like, told us about how he, like, just came out of, like, a Scientology house, and we were all like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, then. You want me to recommend you a therapist? <laughs> you doing okay? <laughs> um... So going back to Casey McDonald's. Anyways, uh, life with Derek. Who's probably not in a cult. Family sitcom time. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Question. Casey McDonald, Derek Venturi, who's more likely to join a cult? And what Ooh. kind of cult would it be? Ooh, it Because I think Casey would be more likely to join the accidental murder kind, like Midsummer style. Yeah. You know, like, she, they really, they reel her in with all, like, the boho fashion flower crowns. And sense of belonging and all that. Yes, and then they keep her there with, and don't you also kind of just want to beat the shit out of guys sometimes? <laughs> and she's like, you know what? I do! <laughs> this is my best self. <laughs> this is how I achieve enlightenment. I... I can see that. On the other hand, I can see Derek getting roped into a cult where it's, um, it is more like, you know, white hippie commune type stuff. Interesting. Um, because he gets like, yeah, man, you're here for equality and relaxing, but also you're really, you know, the most important person. I feel like you're trying to say that they would just rope Derek in with like, hey, do you want to do drugs? And he'd be like, yeah. I mean, I'm not not <laughs> saying that. Because see, I... Look, do I love uh, my soft boy Derek Venturi? I do, <laughs> but do I totally see it being like a very valid possibility of him becoming like one of those unfortunate Reddit kind of guys? Yes. Yeah. Like I, I really hope he wouldn't, but I could see it becoming a thing. I also thought you were gonna end the sentence with I could see him becoming a stoner, which like, I feel like that is like subtext <laughs> at the lightest. At the lightest, mm -hmm. yeah. Derek Venturi does partake in some marijuanas. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway We're Brad, gonna have to change this to an 18 plus podcast I already mark it explicit okay. every time Okay, thank you I just kind of assume that we swear enough Yeah uh, But, you know, going back around to Casey um, Casey Savage McDonald She has so many good lines all she the time does. But in this episode too, I just kept noticing that like, wow She just like really just like all the time is just like ready to go She's like, Derek, yeah. Derek could say anything, and I have, like, a great comeback to just, like, whoop his ass with. I know. Also, I noted that, um, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but this was a very uh, Casey Schadenfreude uh, episode. Ah. Where she's like, oh, Derek's incapacitated. Mm -hmm. I'm going to enjoy this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take every drop of enjoyment from this. You know what? I read it totally differently. Really? Yeah, I, because one of the reasons I love this episode is because, so... This is a very, like, Daisy Shipper-like thing to talk about, <laughs> but if you're if you're listening to a podcast about Life with Derek, it's very likely that you are probably also a Daisy Shipper, so... Yeah. We're past that point. We're past... We've If you were on our seventh episode, we were past that point. <laughs> um, but I think the best episodes, just in general, tend to be episodes where Derek... Where, like, you know, Daisy is very strong. Because mm. I think, you know, Derek and Casey being, like, at each other's throats and fighting, like, that's obviously obviously like a core staple of the show but them genuinely getting along and like just kind of like bantering i think makes the most memorable moments yes. like Derek and casey like them either fighting with each other or having something over the other or going to bat for the other you know those are nice um and i like them a lot i think the best moments though 
are when they are evenly matched. Yeah. And it's not in like a I'm trying to one up you way. Well, I mean it is, but it's not <laughs> in like it's not in a malicious way. It's a I respect you and I'm trying to give you what I what you want and I'm also trying to get what I want. Yes. I'm trying to like it's on, it's like a weird way of compromising. Yeah. And it's nice to see. And they're doing it in kind of a roundabout way because they don't want to admit that they, you know, can get along when they try. <laughs> um, but it's just nice to see them like land the conclusion of like, okay, we can both figure out a way to get what we want from like this situation by mm. helping each other. And I see. It, and it's like nice and like wholesome yeah. in that way. See? Of like, wow, these people can like really get along and they vibe really well like when they, you know, communicate. Yeah. I think for me too, it was like, the fact that Casey is doing this is uh, clearly because, like, Derek is incapacitated, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's chicken pox. Yeah. It's uncomfortable, but it's not, like, super serious. Mm-hmm. So she's just like, okay, I can be a little mean to him. Yeah. As a treat. <laughs> um, this is just a, a note about the 2000s, but um, <laughs> this whole episode, I felt like I kept being like, Beeper? <laughs> Beeper? Pager? They don't say pager in this one. I don't know if it's like a Canadian thing, because I've always said pager, but I'm like, beeper? Like, Kim Possible called, you're stealing her fucking thing. <laughs> Kim Possible, the only person in 2000s who owned a beeper, ever. That's how you knew how to call her. <laughs> I, I don't know how pagers or beepers work. Like, uh, I think you... You literally just beep them. You call them, you beep them? <laughs> if you want to reach them. <laughs> Uh, um, see, what I missed about the 2000s was uh-huh. if you had a landline that mm-hmm. had more than one phone in your house, mm-hmm. having your line just clogged up by someone else on it. Like, if you if you had, like, a landline with more than one receiver in your house, you could just snoop on whoever the fuck you wanted. Oh, yeah. It and, was... and if you were already on the phone, you had to, like, try and, like, listen really closely for, like, that telltale click mm-hmm. of a phone being picked up while you're also trying to pay attention to, like, the conversation that you're having. Mm-hmm. Ah, good old days mm. where technology was awful. Also, Casey's like little dinky cell phone at the end. <laughs> no, it's like, oh, that's so cute. Imagine that being like a top of the line model at the time or something. It probably, I mean, it might have been. Might have been. Mm-hmm. It was 2005, right? Um, yes. Yeah, top of the line would have been like a BlackBerry, right? Maybe. Maybe? Sure. So she would have gotten like a, a decent one. Okay. Yeah. So um, like he, he's. He uh, put it out for her. He spent. You know, okay, so while you're talking about that, so we don't necessarily get, like, a like a number on, like, how much money Derek is, like, pulling in per week from his, like, you know, business venture or whatever. Yeah. Um, do you think that, so him, you know, buying that cell phone for Casey, um, do you think he, the money that he used to pay for that was literally all that, you know, coming from what she would have made? Like, it's all her cut? Or do you think he comped some of his own money to get it for her, like, as a gift, kind of? I mean, I don't really think there's, like, much evidence in the way of, like, trying to calculate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does seem very... I don't want to say math-oriented, because that feels wrong to say in the same sentence as Derek. Um, <laughs> but he seems, like, very keenly aware of, like, the amounts he's making. Mm. Um I feel like if he was to comp some of it for her, he would not want to make a big deal of it at all. Um, Which is exactly what he does. But also, he was making, like, a good amount of money. That's true. At least from, like, that day. And also, I don't remember what cell phones, like, back in 2005 cost as compared to today. I didn't have a cell phone in 2005. I couldn't say. (laughs) No. Uh, My first cell phone was, 
I think seventh grade um, and it was a flip phone mm. and I had that until I think my sophomore year of high school and I got made fun of it the entire time and I was, and I would do this thing where where people would make fun of me for having a flip phone while they all had like you know the newest iPhones or whatever I'd be like oh yeah can your phone do this and I would click, like click, click. oh not even that I would like hurl it at a wall <laughs> <laughs> or drop it off of a staircase. And it'd be fine. And it'd be totally fine. It wouldn't even be scratched. God, I miss those days. You could just take out the battery if it wasn't doing well. I pull my phone out of my pocket and it slips and suddenly I need a new screen. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you might as well just get a new phone. See, I had my, I had one of those phones that like flipped up or sideways, depending, oh. which was like super fun. Oh, you had like the little like fucking keyboard. Yeah, that you can, and like, that's go, uh-huh. like, and for a while, even with smartphones, I would like always turn them horizontally to type on them because I was so used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my friend group was like either people who had that, like maybe one or two people with an iPhone, like after 2012, mm-hmm. or um, just straight up friends who didn't have phones. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I guess that was more like the you know economic ring of friends I had at the time. Um, but it was also just like it wasn't that uncommon. Until pretty recently to just not have a phone at all. That was not my experience. I also grew up in a very rich neighborhood and I went to a very rich school. So That's true. Um, not having a phone or having an older phone was definitely like a, a weird thing uh, that you did not show off. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's not that deep. Anyway, can you tell we live in America? <laughs> anyway, can we talk about, like, economic uh, trauma or whatever? <laughs> um, okay, back to the episode. Um, so Casey's complaining about, you know, her locker to Emily, and Emily's saying, like, oh, like, you need to get a new locker. Like, your location is gross. Um, Didn't Emily and Casey meet because they had to share a locker? Yeah. At what point did they not, did they stop doing that? Like, I mean, did, obviously the, um... Like, did Emily get her own locker at some point? And if so, why did Emily move lockers instead of Casey? Because Casey's the one who, like, stole her locker. Or in, unless Emily wanted to move? I don't know. I know this is just, like, a nitpick, but I wanted to explain to me. Well, I mean, obviously the school secretary person, administrative person, has it out for Casey. And I love but it. I love it. Um, <laughs> very realistic. Oh, yeah. Um, and I can't really tell if she just hates Casey in particular or if she's like that to more people. I would assume it's the latter because that's what I would assume too. Yeah, just because it, it it it's the most realistic of my high school experience yeah. dealing with like administrative people. That they just hate all of you. Well, you know what happened? I remember one time like I had to get detention because I was missing school so much because I had really bad anxiety, um, and so I kept missing the detention. Oh, I, oh well. Um, sorry if you could hear the traffic. <laughs> That's what it's like. Mr. Big Dick. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, I so... I bet he's really sexy. <laughs> anyway, so I kept missing detention, and so they kept, like, signing me up for more detentions to make <laughs> to make up for the detentions I missed, and then because I kept missing... missing and then I kept missing those. So by the time I, like, dropped out, I had, like, a whole fucking, like, semester of detentions worth, and then I just stopped going to school entirely. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> like, it wasn't funny at the time, because my anxiety was so bad, it's like, I could barely leave my house. But, yeah, but like, it, once you're the hell out of that situation. It's like, wow, I love that nobody took, like, two <laughs> seconds to rub, rub their brain cells together and think, huh, maybe this isn't working. Maybe she just doesn't want to go. Maybe there's something impeding her from going places Maybe sometimes. there's a problem happening. <laughs> also, wanted to point out we have a cat cameo. Cat cameo! It's 
pet his little head. I quick. I love when he lays down and like puts his feet out because it just kind of looks like he's wearing like pants and he's just <laughs> yeah. kind of like chilling, you know. Mm-hmm. Your thighs are so big. Oh my god. Don't don't body shame our son. <laughs> I'm not body shaming. I'm body complimenting. All right, Russell, you have very great thighs. Is what your mother meant. <laughs> and so. Casey sees Edwin at school wearing, like, a a very obvious disguise uh, and finds out that Derek has been sending Edwin to school in order to kind of, like, push his, like, merchandise while Derek is, like, quarantined at home. Um, And when Casey sees Edwin for the first time, she makes the comment of, like, the comment of, like, "Um, that's that's my raincoat. Like, Edwin's wearing my (laughs) raincoat, which is... This episode is later in the season, so we together have not watched it yet. But that would make two episodes this season that someone in the household other than Casey wears Casey's clothing. (laughs) And Edwin wearing Casey's jacket, whose idea was that? Like, because I feel like it was Derek's. I feel like it was Edwin's. I just feel like that's an Edwin choice. Debate. So the thing, my note on this is, um, one of my favorite things in this show mm-hmm. is Edwin getting really into character for Derek's schemes. <laughs> see, see, okay, not to interrupt, but this totally adds to my headcanon that Edwin, when he gets to high school, gets super into theater. Absolutely. Like, he just fucking is just in it. You see that kid and you're like, ah. You're like, that's the guy. That one. He's, he's fucking. He's got a vibe. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, fucking always, like, you know... <laughs> Stop scratching the carpet. Don't yell at me. So many good background noises this episode. (laughs) Including our cat who is just like, oh, you don't want me to scratch at this carpet? And then he just moves two feet over and he's like, well, how about here? Are you guys busy? Let me rip up your carpet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you want to go with any of your notes? Well, I guess we've kind of been working through that by accident. Yeah, well, I guess (laughs) I was mainly um, trying to um, extrapolate from that that, um, Edwin being very theatrical and getting very into uh, scheming and uh, the characters he plays, mm-hmm. um, I feel like he would like have a costume mind. Mm. You know how he's like with his little magician act too. Mm-hmm. He he just seems like a costume type of guy. I agree. Okay, I see. I see that. And um. if he must steal from Casey, so be it. <laughs> it's basically like uh, rating like um, the wardrobe uh, department being like, I can borrow this. No one's gonna notice. I need this. It's for my art. I don't have to, like... Why else would this be here if not for my usage? I'll put it back. Yeah. It'll... Nothing will happen to it. It'll probably be <laughs> in the same condition as how I found it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think the main theme statement, takeaway, from this episode would be, Casey ain't no snitch. <laughs> she is a ride-or-die bitch. Yeah, I have that as my she note, She stays too. loyal. <laughs> See... I'm just saying, anybody who's writing, like, Mafia AU fanfics for Life with Derek and is, like, making making Casey, like, a like a victim or, like, a um, witness protection program person, like, instead of being, like, a full-on, like, gang leader. No, she'd like, be in that. Like, top of the chain, doing you're doing her wrong. What was your other note about Casey um, being at the top of that chain? Um, I think it was just that. Did I have something else? Or was it? Oh, I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, okay. So while we're talking about Casey, you know, like being really good at like pushing product for Derek, um, does that make Casey the original hashtag girl boss, uh, gatekeep, <laughs> and gaslight? 
to assign, um, obviously this is probably not going to make sense in like a month anymore, mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I would posit that not only is Casey girl boss, uh, Derek is male wife. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is Casey girl boss or is she hashtag girl boss? Because there's a difference. And also, is she just girl boss or is she girl boss, gatekeep, and gaslight? I think she's all three. Ooh. I think she's a capable she's, bitch. <laughs> she's a triple threat. <laughs> she is multi-talented. Uh, expound upon the difference between girl boss and hashtag girl boss, because I want to be sure I have the right definitions in mind. You know, great. Because I sell so, at, at my job, I sell so many things that have girl boss on it. <laughs> and it drives me insane. So, great question, Peaches. Let me, um, <laughs> let me go ahead and, uh, and, and, and paint you a scene. Um, so, shit. <laughs> okay, well, I think it's context, like, yeah. girls, I think, like, hashtag girl boss is more, like, marketing businessy kind of things, and, like, girl boss is more, like, in the context of, like, girl boss energy, like, mm. oh, did Margaret Thatcher use girl boss energy when she, like, you know... <laughs> murdered all of the minorities in her, in her country. You know, that kind of thing. You know, yeah. it's, it's, um, it, it's, you know, attitude. It's, it's, um, intent, perhaps. It wasn't even her country. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh... Anyway, it's not that deep. Not to talk about like politics it, on this here mm -hmm. podcast. Like conversation. But I think it's kind of diverse for me, because for me, um, girl boss, like, without the hashtag, mm -hmm. is for, you know, Margaret Thatcher energy. <laughs> or, like, Wow, uh, girl boss moment. This CEO who underpays her employees is a woman. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, hashtag girl boss is uh, uh, my manila folders are pink. Ah, okay, okay, I see. Wait, does that mean that Elle Woods is is a, a hashtag girl boss? I think Elle Woods toes the line in a very delicate way. Mm -hmm. was, you can't contain her. <laughs> she she can, contains multitudes. Yeah, I was just going to say, oh my god. <laughs> We literally have one brain cell and it just pings <laughs> back and forth rapidly. Yeah, when you hear us, like, um, going back and forth, that's just the volume, our one brain cell. <laughs> like, we are it's not even finishing each other's sentences. It's, like, passing the train of thought back and forth. <laughs> and and sometimes it just gets, like, you know, just, it disconnects and it Hang just, on, like, we have a... We have a boy scratching where he's not supposed to. Oh, my God. <laughs> He just gave out the most pitiful yell. He's, like, trying to cry for help. He's, like, telling... He's, like, trying to, like, rat us out on the podcast. Like, oh, <laughs> They're mother, so cruel to me. Father, papa, <laughs> papa, why do you do this to me? I'm just a poor little boy. Why do you... Why do you attack me so? But have you considered I want to be naughty? <laughs> oh, jail for mama. Jail for papa. <laughs> Jail for a hundred years. <laughs> Jail for you both. <laughs> we do have a little uh, Victorian orphan boy living in our house with us. I know that there's no way he would ever let me do it to him, but I would love to put Russell in just a teeny tiny little like newspaper boy hat. Or like a little sailor outfit. Oh my god. He'd be he, so cute. He would not let us get even close with it. So the thing about our cat, Russell, he is the sweetest boy. He is so cuddly and affectionate. He has such a grumpy face, just like naturally. <laughs> so like the idea, so it's like sometimes we'll try and take like pictures of him looking cute and he just looks so 
angry and it's so funny it's his sharp chiseled cheekbones yes and so the idea of like putting him in like a little costume with his like natural <laughs> face facial expression absolutely glorious he would look just so so unhappy so unamused one day we'll get it and we'll change this podcast uh picture just to that we'll, we'll just blow this place wide open mm-hmm. it'll stop being a media podcast it's just gonna be about the cat <laughs> as it always should be as it always should be yeah if any of us are gonna be famous it really should be russell yeah yeah um i already made the note casey ain't no snitch because it's true she yeah, ain't true she also uh says just say no to drugs <laughs> kids <laughs> casey saw a presentation from dare and went yeah okay <laughs> seems legit <laughs> that's how that works i don't have any reason to question this uh, and she has, like, her own little mini intervention with Derek, which was kind of cute. I know. It's, like, cute and, like, a, you know. Aww. Aww. Mm. Like, you know, kind of, like, a little cringe, but also a little cute. You know, like, you know, she means well. Yeah. Um. Again, this was, like, it wasn't the height of the D.A.R.E. program when this show came out, but, like, you were still getting told just say no to drugs. Oh, you know what, what was happening in, like, 2005, I think? Hmm. Um, that was, like, the era of, like, the... Find your natural high. You remember those? I feel like that was a bit later than that, but I do remember those so vividly. Mm -hmm. Like you'd have to get a presentation and then you'd have to write your natural high on a little piece of paper. Ah. See, my favorite, this isn't from that. Um, I think it was like more like in the 90s, Um, but I think it was Belinda Carlisle who like, you know, did some kind of commercial about like, oh, just say no to drugs, like be drug free. Um, and then admitted later on that she was, like, totally doing coke while doing that commercial. And I find that so incredibly funny and also, like, telling about how, like, you know, the, the image of, like, marketing of anti-drugs versus, like, the reality. Because, like, you know, are drugs generally bad for you and can, like, really fuck you up? Yeah. But the idea that it's just, like, just say no is, like, you know, just such a clear misunderstanding of, like, how addiction works and how, like, you know, drug pushing works and, like, who it affects and why... Like, if you're, if you're making, like, a drug program and you're, like, specifically aiming it at white kids and you're framing it in, like, a just say no and, like, not talking anything about, like, political ramifications, social expectations, uh, uh, literally decades of, like, oppression. Well, and, I, wonder, like, I wonder if maybe that was on purpose. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder. I wonder what reason they might have to only say that to white kids and mm-hmm. frame it like that. Surely no agenda behind that. No, there's no... And if there was, it wouldn't harm a single person. Especially if that person was, you know, happened to be black or queer. Or lived in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Anyways, research harm reduction. Anyway, it's not that deep. <laughs> it's not that... Well, this one is that deep. This one is that deep, yeah, actually. <laughs> Take care of yourselves. Take care of your communities. Also, remember when you could sell physical CDs? I mean... Just, like, remember when you had to, like, <laughs> have people say... Uh, oh, don't, don't buy CDs from that guy. I mean, like, I still go to Target and, like, buy CDs. No, but I mean, like, you You can... You mean the experience. Yes. Okay. Like, just seeing someone, like, that you know casually, and he's like, hey, you want to buy my mixtape? And you would pay money and get a physical CD from that. And you'd pay, like, five bucks, and you'd be like, God, so much fucking money for a fucking (laughs) CD. God, I I bring it back. (laughs) Bring pre-inflation times back. Man, just, like, you know, get some blank CDs and just burn your own. 
you can do it. It's not that hard. I mean, truly, you should. You should. Because, uh... And what goes on those CDs stays between you and God. <laughs> and where you get that from does not need to come up in conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what it puts on your computer also just need, does, uh, <laughs> does not need to come up in conversation. No, it or- might have to come up with the tech guy you call. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I swear to God, all this porn was not on my computer before! <laughs> um, anyway, so back to Derek. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so Casey's in his room. This yeah. is just, like, a, a weird... Not even a nitpick just like a detail oh, that, yeah. I, that I wanted to talk about. So Casey is in Derek's room. They're talking about the fact that he's like <laughs> definitely not totally selling drugs. Um, there's this sign on his wall in the background that says, make tracks, not trash. What the fuck does that mean? See, when you first <laughs> brought that up, you, you paused the episode and said, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> um, my first thought was like, make tracks, make music, not trash. Yeah. But I, or like, don't make trash music. <laughs> that doesn't really make sense either. <laughs> Derek, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean... Also, where did you get all those signs? <laughs> I mean, like, you know what? I... My assumption. So, like, you know how it was, like, a thing for, like, teenage to, like, early 20s guys in, like, you know, the mid to, like, 2000s to, like, steal, like, signs and it's still a thing yeah it's still a thing but i feel like less or it so was, yeah i guess yeah to like, there are more you know street cameras everywhere nowadays. yeah but it was like a thing to like steal signs and like put them like in your room or something like yeah. that and then if you were like you know more of an upper class white boy you would just buy <laughs> you signs would buy a fake sign and you would put them in your room as if it was the same thing because mm-hmm. to you it was all about, about the aesthetics and not like the actual like intention behind it and that's why they said stupid shit like that yes Because they were not real. (laughs) Yes. So that's my theory. I, you could be very right. Mm -hmm. What if, (laughs) what if George bought him that as a placation thing? Like, okay, if you don't steal any more signs, Derek. (laughs) Wait, so if Derek was going to be one of those sign stealing kind of, kind of, uh, kids, what, what signs would he go for? I don't think he'd be picky. Mm. Maybe a really funny street name. Yeah. Um... He definitely get, he definitely seems like he would be like a, a shopping cart kind of stealer. He seems more than anything to me to be a uh, McDonald's uh, letter board rearranger. Oh my god. <laughs> and like maybe as he gets older he starts to get like more like witty and clever, but as a teenager he just like does stupid shit. Like poopy butt. <laughs> or just haha dicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the vibe he gives off to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um Oh, sorry, go on. Well, I, this has nothing to do with what I was just talking about. So in that same scene, um, hold on, actually, let me go back. So, um, before the scene where Casey confronts Derek, she goes to talk to Paul and she makes the, she says this line of like, you know, well, what do I know? Beeper, money, Derek. Um, and I just wanted to point out that I'm not sure how intentional this was. I'm, I'm assuming it was. Um, but so the scene where Casey confronts Derek she, you know, says, oh, well, I'm telling George, and, like, leaves the room, and Derek's kind of standing there for a second, like, what is she talking about? And then he touches his beeper, he looks at the box in his hand, which contains the money, and then goes after her. Yeah. So I just thought that was a cute note note that, like, he makes, like, the same, like, mental connection that she does. Uh, that is cute. I just, I thought I think was, it's especially cute, yeah. because it's also kind of a dumbass thing for this guy to be, yeah. like... Like, doing this what this is she time, talking like, about? No one's gonna think I'm selling drugs from this. I look completely innocent. No one would make that assumption at all. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I I guess I can see where he's coming from if he doesn't think Casey can figure it out because he's, like, assuming that she is purely street smart. I mean, yeah. purely book smart and not street smart. Yeah, or, like, has not at least heard of a drug. She's before. never heard of a drug ever. <laughs> um, but I just, I thought that was a little, a yeah, cute little that, thing. That was. Speaking of money, um, so when Derek opens, like, the little, like, thingy, his, like, little, what's it called? Uh, lockbox? Yes. Um, this note's really stupid, because (laughs) at the time I meant it genuinely, and now looking back now, I'm like, oh, I'm a dumbass. So my note was, wow, Canadian money looks fake. And then you know what I thought about? That money probably was fake, because they're on a a fucking TV set. Why would they just have a bunch of cash money lying around? I mean, really... I am more familiar with Canadian money. I'm a dipshit if you didn't know. I I know what Canadian money looks like generally. It does look weird to me, but not fake. However, if you like. That was like some Monopoly money type shit in there. Yeah. Also, if you showed me money from any country that I don't know that well, I would be like, wow, that looks really fake. (laughs) One thing about Canadian money that does lend to its fakeness, though, is that it is different colors. In America, um, we only have the one color. Yeah, it's a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. And you just kind of have to guess the amount. You have to actually take it out to look at it. I know, you have to, like, fucking try and read a number and be like, <laughs> yeah. shit. Um, do you want to do a note of yours? Oh, um, <laughs> this is also very stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, so the title of this episode is The Pox Father, uh-huh. which is just as bad as it sounds, and they make just as bad jokes about it as it sounds. Yes. Um... But I did write, I know it's the title of the episode, but Derek definitely watched The Godfather and then based his personality on it for at least five months. Oh, and he spent the whole time being like, I'm Italian. I, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, Ariana Grande, calm down. He's basically me. <laughs> I'm Italian. I like to sit at my desk. Derek in t- 2014 saw Ariana Grande coming up and was like, yeah, I, I could do that too. We're basically I, the same. I, I could do that better. <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, when you first said that, I wasn't sure if you meant like her job or her. No, that's just a Derek joke to make. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm a nice person. I don't make sex jokes about celebrities. Okay. <laughs> um... Oh, so, um, so there's a scene where Derek is explaining to Casey his whole business model and, like, how he does it and, like, who he sells it to and blah, blah, blah. Um, this did nothing but add to my headcanon of Derek as a startup guy. You know, cause, oh, you're right. Because in, in all the fix, I always see people making him like a pro hockey player or like a film director. And that's fine. I have nothing against that. But I totally like in my heart of hearts, see like Derek and Casey very easily fitting into the Sophia Tyler <laughs> dynamic of like she becomes like a really big like YouTuber or some kind of like social media personality. And then he's just kind of a startup guy who is like. Derek ba- day trades. Yeah, like he just kind of like is always in the background, and like his stuff never really takes off. But she's kind of supportive of, of it anyway, yeah. and like everyone's fine with it because he's like really nice and funny. Yeah, but it's he's you know, but whenever he brings up his business, you're just kind of like, okay, sure, just get it over <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll take a business card. Oh, you want to email it to me? Oh, you're gonna send me Bitcoin for it. Okay. <laughs> 
You know, how about you just, like, tell me the website? I'll look it up when I have time. Oh, you can only access it through a QR code. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, weird shit like that. And he's yeah. just like, yes, this is genius. I'm going to be a revolutionist. Unfortunately, that is the most realistic post-canon idea <laughs> I think anyone's ever had. Like, you know... A very nice guy, very nice kid, like, everyone likes him, but just, you're just a little bit, like, okay. Okay, Derek. Yeah, okay, Derek. <laughs> you know, don't take him out, you know, for, like, a wine tasting, because, like, <laughs> you will be there for hours. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, I also, I had one note, and He then... talks about how much he wants to be a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop eviscerating this poor boy's future. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, my starting note was, ah, school payphones. Remember when we had those? I don't no. know. If, really? None of my schools that I remember ever had them. Then again... I, I think you have more recently built schools. This is true. I All of my schools were built probably within like the last decade of me attending them. One of my uh, high schools was rumored to uh, have originally been conceived of as a prison. Which definitely wasn't true, but it was a very fun thing to say. I feel like everyone thinks that about their middle schools. Well, though. mine had literally no windows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, you win that one. <laughs> All right. Um, but my thought from that was, so Casey, like, you know, gets busted in the episode eventually. Mm -hmm. um, which I guess makes sense if she's doing a lot of suspicious behavior for someone, like, who never does suspicious anything. Mm -hmm. Um... My real question is... Literally, Casey in this episode is being like, don't be suspicious. Don't be <laughs> suspicious. Don't, you know. Well, she's not even doing that. She's just batting her eyes and, like, and it's working for most of the time. She Very just can't well. do that for the school staff. Mm -mm. I mean, she could have had she had more time and resources. I, I can totally see Casey getting to the point where she can swindle the staff. Mm. I think she needed more of a build-up, though. I feel like, yeah, if she had, like, the time to really work at it... Mm -hmm. She'd be unstoppable. You know, truly, um, if she had the, like, ambition to do so, she would run the school. Again, hashtag girl boss. She would make Derek her bitch no problem. He would be her employee. And that doesn't even take, like, as much effort. I know. He'd be <laughs> like, you know what? Actually, it's a lot easier if you're just, like, in charge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Derek's a trophy husband. Truly. We've discussed this. Truly. Um, but my my actual point where I was going from for that, uh, so, like... That wasn't your actual point? No. Oh, um, disappointing. So, like... <laughs> so Casey gets busted um, mm -hmm. pretty fast. Like she, she lasts most of the day, but it's still only one day. Um, but we don't really know how uh, much uh, Edwin has been going in for Derek into the school. Mm -hmm. um, and Casey obviously recognizes immediately. He's just this wild eleven-year-old in sunglasses. I'm assuming he was also a day as well, because we don't see him at their high school except for the scene where uh, Casey like spots him for the first time. I guess, yeah. Um, but my question is, how did no one get him and then just call their dad? Because <laughs> like, he um, seems like even easier to take down than Casey. Like, um, and no shade to Ed, Ed when he's my favorite. Um, he would break far easier under pressure than uh, Casey. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what Edwin gives me like the feeling of? Hmm. Um, one of those people who it's like, the joke is that like under pressure, like they would admit to anything. Like if you went... You've been secretly, like, dealing marshmallows. He'd be like, I have! <laughs> it's been me! And it makes, like, no sense. Yeah. But he's just convinced that it's true now. He would, he would put up a pretty tough facade at first, though. Yes. But he is also 11. 
I don't know. I'm just That's thinking about, no like, excuse. Can you imagine going to high school, being like 15 or 16, uh-huh. seeing this wild little, like, not even middle schooler, maybe, uh-huh. just running around in the hallways. No, he's in middle school. Yeah, he's, yeah, no, yeah, he's in middle school. Uh-huh. So you see this middle school, like, clearly in a would-be disguise, uh-huh. very weird clothing, uh-huh. hiding stuff under his coat. Uh-huh. What do you do? Um, depends on who you ask. Because if I was a theater kid, I'd be like, hey, did you want to join the theater club? <laughs> you always do that. <laughs> oh, you're not in high school yet? I mean, you can hop on on productions. You want to hang out in our auditorium? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to join Tech Crew? Oh, we have an opening. God. We need help. We just have to, uh, can you give this paper to your principal? <laughs> <laughs> so we don't get sued. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you're not really on the tech crew. You're just like, you know, like volunteering. It's yeah. like, you know, like a... You're our little sibling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go run as errands. Oh, and can you pick up lunch while you're out? Thanks. Oh, you have to take your, your bike? That's fine. Can you be back in 20 minutes? Yeah, can you get a Jamba Juice while you're out? <laughs> Sorry, I just like, you know, got... You got invested in this... Uh... I, I got thrown back into memories there. <laughs> uh, you were saying? Um, well, no, that was it. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, um... Uh, bringing it back around to, um, kind of the end of the episode. So, Casey gets busted. Yeah. And she talks to Derek about it when she gets home from school. And pretty much as soon as she leaves, and Derek's pretty calm about the whole thing, you know, as she's saying, you know, like, oh, this is going on my permanent record. Like, I'm, this is going to be, like, on my record forever. Like, I'm never going to let this down. And, And Derek's pretty calm about it, which is not surprising for him, like, you know. Because his personality would indicate that, like, why would he care? Like, not even just a he doesn't care about her, but just a why would he care about one mark? Like, it doesn't seem like a big deal to him. Yeah. But I love that it's immediately kind of played off in a way because he he calls Frankie immediately and is like, hey, like, we got to make a deal. And in my interpretation, Derek from the get-go, like, as soon as he heard about Casey being in trouble and found out about Frank, already was, like, planning on, like, you know, helping helping to bail Casey out with this plan. I gotta agree with you there. Yeah, so I like the idea that, like, you know, from Casey's perspective, you know, she's coming in talking to Derek about, like, getting in trouble, which is a huge deal for her, and he doesn't doesn't seem to care at all. But from his perspective, it's not even a, I don't care about you, or it's not that big of a deal. It's a, don't worry about it, I already have it covered. Yeah. Which is really cute. It's it's really cute. Um, And it feels... So it's not that Derek is never altruistic. Mm-hmm. He just does not like to be seen as nice. Yeah, he seems like the person who is very uncomfortable with being given, like, gratitude or, like, praise for generosity in a way. Yeah. And, and, and if he was to accept it, I think he would kind of, like, play it off, like, intentionally, egotistically. Yeah. Kind of being like, oh, I know I'm so great, you know, but I don't, I think, like, genuinely accepting it makes him uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. So I think, like, in situations like that, that's where he can be altruistic, especially if, like, for himself and his own peace of mind, if he can make it into, like, a, oh, I'm just giving back. Yeah, thing. yeah. I already owed you one. Mm-hmm. So, him backing her is really cute. Yeah. Um, so, Frankie comes to their house. Frankie was, um, Derek's delivery boy until he started, uh, double dealing. Yeah. Would that be the term? Um, so, Edwin plays, like, a mini, like, a little bouncer or something like at the door and it's this whole like kind of like jokey a god- little henchman yeah and then there's this whole like little jokey scene where like you know he's being like frankie's being like led up to derek's room and it's like you know very obviously like a play on like you know mafia you know uh yeah. tropes and stuff the godfather the godfather um 
But what you don't see is the um, deleted scene at the end where, um, you know, Frankie gets, quote, taken for a drive. <laughs> yeah, the subtitle for this episode is uh, Frankie Gets Fucking Murked. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't air that one on the Family Channel. It, no. it was a little bit too dark. Um, they filmed it, though. Yeah, yeah, that was the director's cut. Yeah, that was it was kind of weird. The, the actors were really pushing for it. <laughs> Honestly, like, I love Ash and Mike, but it seems like something that they'd be game for. Yeah. They'd be like, yeah, what's a little murder on our family sitcom? You know, you know, everyone's are always complaining about the stepsist, but, like, you know, <laughs> what happens if you just, like, put a little murder in there? The stepsist seems like not a big deal anymore. Listen, if they put him, if they show him walking around nice and healthy in the next episode, it's fine. They can do it. <laughs> it's just the bottle episode. It's fine. It's fine. Um, did you have any notes? Uh, I guess my closing note was um, one thing I really like about Derek that sells him as just extremely teenage boy. Because mm. um, that's kind of his thing. He's just like the archetypical teenage boy. Well, he's an archetypical cis, presumably straight, yeah, white, yeah. middle class, suburban white boy. Yeah, but like for that archetype. Yes, perfect. You know, the pinnacle of it. Absolutely. Um, is that he's oh, very... Oh, also specifically 2000s. Yes, yes. Very much. Mid-2000s especially. But yeah, what I like that they do with him is that they just make him... Not quite capricious, mm -hmm. but they make him just kind of move right from idea to idea to idea. That's just ADHD, baby. That's just ADHD. That's just ADHD. <laughs> like, again, we, we've talked about ADHD, Derek, at length on this podcast already. Uh, a heavy dose of protection on our parts, obviously. Yes. Um, but, like, it's right there. It's right there. But I also do just like that, like, he's shown as bouncing from interest to interest. Yeah. Which is something that, like, you know characters in a show that depends on continuity from episode to episode don't usually get well you made a really funny um comment to me before we started recording i don't know if you remember it and wanted to mention it again i have adhd i probably don't <laughs> well you made the comment about how like um well you were asking me if like hey does derek you know having like a business come up in, in later episodes and i was like mm -hmm. i don't think so not from what i remember oh yeah um and you made the comment of like you know it being you know that that leaves two possibilities. Either this is something that he just kind of, like, gives up after the semester on, and it's just kind of, like, you know, a weird venture for him. Or he continues to do it for the rest of the series, and just nobody ever talks about it again. It's just he, never shown up. Yeah, he's just fucking, like, making, making bank in the background, and just nobody <laughs> talks about it. He just, like... That's what he's doing in his room all day. <laughs> it's already established. Why talk about it? He's just dealing cryptocurrency <laughs> all the time. Don't... Let's not think about Derek and Bitcoin. Let's he, not. Just like every season, he's just progressively wearing more and more designer brands for like stupid articles of clothing. <laughs> he's like wearing like the ugliest fucking stuff that you've ever soon seen. And he's like, um, it's, oh, yeah, it's real Gucci. It's Brandy Melville. Like, step uh. off. These are rainbow sandals. Excuse you. <laughs> I don't know if anyone outside of California is going to get what I'm talking about. But oh, for Brandy Melville. Well, rainbow sandals especially are, like, you know, a big California thing. I I don't know what that is at all. Rainbow sandals? It's very much a a queer Californian kind of thing. Because I know what sandals that have rainbow patterns on them are. Mm -hmm. Well, no, rainbow is just, like, a brand of, like, designer sandals. And it's just, like, a weird kind of thing for, like, uh, for, like bougie queer California kids. That makes sense. Yeah. like I we, we, we can have those out here. Like, I don't get it. But I, I know that it's a thing. Like, Rainbow Sandals and, like, Brandy Melville and you go to Coachella and, like, you know, probably with a straight boy. Or a straight girl, depending on, you know, your preference. That's just the that, vibe. That's, that, that, is, that is the vibe here, yes. Mm -hmm. 
any closing notes you had? Um, so the last scene is, so Derek gives her the cell phone. He tells her, like, oh, I might have had something to do with the fact that, you know, Frankie took all the blame and you're, you're, you're going to get off scot-free, basically. Um, and it's still a very cute scene and they're still getting along, but he kind of shoots her out at the end. And I just think it's kind of like a funny moment where Derek is just like, we can't be friends. <laughs> I can't get attached to you. I will not recover. We're getting along too well, and I'm not able to be emotionally vulnerable right now. Oh, yeah. Or, um, I know that's not the more realistic interpretation or how I, even I like to interpret the, interpret their relationship normally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like the idea of, you're too innocent for this life of crime. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not going to involve you deeper in this dark world. To which Casey would reply, bitch, I can outrank you in a week. I made you what you are, boy. <laughs> After all that I've done for you, <laughs> this is how you repay me? With scorn. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Um, Did you have any closing thoughts for this week's episode? That was it. Nice and lighthearted to ease up from last one. Oh, yeah, because the last one was just like, wow, I don't like... We both hated that one. You hated it especially. Yeah, I I was not a fan of it. Maybe not objectively. That's why we have a podcast to talk about it. (laughs) I don't think I've ever been objective of anything, (laughs) ever. Not in your life. No. Um, My closing note, I'm going to go ahead and um, give a little shout out to a fanfic. Um, So I found it on AO3. It's called A Lesser Known B-Side. I I read this, like, two or three weeks ago, so I honestly don't remember anything else about it. However, I did write down this passage because it made me laugh hysterically, and I wanted to just recommend it this way. <clears throat> Swallowing his pride, he lifts both hands to knock on the door to the tune of that switchwit song that he and Casey both love. He might be giving up, but he's going to be at least a little annoying about it. When he gets to the chorus, the door swings open. Can you be more of a nuisance? He hears Casey ask. End scene. Um, I love the idea of Derek being like, I literally am going to knock the entire song until you open up. Like, not malicious, just annoying. It's, I think, if anything, that's the most Derek it's in It's the most in-character thing I've maybe ever read, and I love it <laughs> so much. So I that's my rec- recommendation for you, purely based off of that, because it made me cackle. Very, a very <laughs> choice example, yes. Yeah. Um, right. I think that's it for that's it. this week. Um, we will see you for the next one. We sure will. Right. Unless we don't. We'll find out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>